Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of scriptures, let us open the Bible and turn to Psalm 101. Psalm 101 is a psalm that is written by David. Most probably he wrote it on the occasion of the time that he was coronated and installed as the king of Israel. Or probably it was written at a time when he revisited that occasion and remembered that as a feast later in his life when he was celebrating an annual feast of his coronation. When he is given this task of shepherding Israel as the king of Israel, David sees this as a privilege as well as a responsibility. And these are the decisions that he is taking in his heart in order to reign righteously and justly in a manner that brings glory to God. In many ways, these verses seem to be giving very practical instructions to every Christian who is called to serve God in some capacity, not just in the church, but also in the secular world. For every Christian is given some kind of a leadership position, maybe within the family, maybe within the organizations, maybe in society. Wherever we are called to serve God, we need to understand that we have to do this according to the principles that God has laid down for us. At the point that King David became the king of Israel, we understand that the nation of Israel was going through a spiritually low period. He inherited a land that was essentially divided and a people who were highly discouraged and a leadership that was existing in Israel at that point of time was very corrupt because of the unrighteous reign of Saul. Now, when God appointed King David to be the ruler over the nation of Israel, he wanted the reign of David to be according to the principles of God and he wanted to correct many of the things that were wrong with the nation of Israel. This entire psalm is written as a series of decisions that David takes. For example, in most of the verses we see the word I will, meaning David purposed in his heart that he is going to be of such and such a manner before God. These are the principles that he is going to live by and adhere to as he is the king of Israel. Now God honors the godly decisions that we take. For example, when Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, when he in his heart he purposed, he said, I decide that I will not defile myself with the royal table. The things which are unclean on the royal table, I will not consume and defile the law that the Lord has given me. When Daniel took that godly decision, God worked along with him. God gave him the grace in order to stick to that decision and through the whole episode, it brought glory to God. And likewise, when we take a godly decision in our own life to accomplish the will of God, and when we purpose in our heart that we will stick to that decision, then God will give us the grace to accomplish that. When David says here many times, I will, I will, I will, we need to understand that he is not separating God from the equation. He is saying, I am going to adhere to these principles. These are the hard desires that I have in order to reign over the realm of Israel in a righteous manner according to the will of God. Because the Lord Jesus himself says, without me you can do nothing. And that is the truth in our life. Separate God from the equation, remove Jesus from our lives and we cannot accomplish any godly decision in our life. But when we yield ourselves to do his will and when we rely on his grace in order to accomplish it, then the Lord works along with us and he makes sure that we are able to reach the target. And that is why we read that through Christ we can do all things. Through him who strengthens me, we will be able to do it. But apart from him, we can do nothing. 
Now, when we look at the structure of the SAM, it is very difficult for us to divide the SAM neatly into sections as we do for many of the other SAMs. But here we see that uh, David's uh, decisions come in two forms. Verses 1 to 2 talks about his devotion that he has for the Lord and the initial decision that he takes to maintain his heart in a clean and a pure way. And verses 3 to 8 is the outworking of that decision in two forms. In verses 3 to 8, David talks about two main things. Number one, what are the things that he will shun? What are the things that he will hate? What are the things that he will remove from his life? The evil things has got to go. And the second thing that David purposes or decides in his heart is that he will adopt and accept that which is good, exalt that which is godly, etc., etc. And we see this together becomes the foundation of the life that he wants to live before the Lord. Now, if God has called him to reign over Israel, he is going to do it in a manner that pleases God and he desires that in his heart. Verses 1 to 2 talk about his desire like this. I will sing of the steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. In verse 1, David says, I will sing of the steadfast love of God and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. Meaning, he says, I'm going to praise you for your steadfast love and justice. And I'm going to remember those two key values as the guiding principles of my reign of Israel as well. Loving kindness and mercy and justice are the key values of the kingdom of God. And David wanted his reign to be characterized by the very same values because he wanted his reign of Israel to be reflective of God's reign over the whole earth. In verse 2 he says, I will ponder the way that is blameless. The word blameless is very interesting for it does not mean sinless but it means to have a heart that is right before God. We know very well, as it is written in the Bible, that David was a sinner like the rest of us. And when he says, I will ponder the way that is blameless, what he means is he will order his life in a manner that is pleasing to God. He wants integrity in his life. As he repeats the same thing in uh, verse 2 as well, I will walk with integrity of heart. What he wants is he wants to cultivate the wholeness of heart and the singleness of mind and the unity of purpose that is characterized by having a blameless and an integral heart. He does not want a double heart. He does not want a double mind. He wants to serve the Lord with his entire being and he is called to be the king of Israel. And for that purpose, God has brought him forth into this earth and he is going to do a very good job of that by focusing on it and not being divided. For a divided heart cannot accomplish anything. David knows that principle and he wants to have his heart integral before the Lord. In integrity of heart, he wants to live before the Lord. Some of the commentators also say the word blameless essentially means to live without scheming, to live without plotting evil. If you look at the lives of the wicked people, always they'll be having some kind of wicked schemes that are being hatched in their mind. But the life of a faithful man of God is characterized by a trust in the sovereignty of God and an absolute lack of uh, scheming and doing evil plans and causing harm for others. And God wants us to be blameless in this manner without scheming but living the life in a manner that is worthy of God. 
and David vows in his heart that he will maintain his integrity in this kind of a manner. He will walk blamelessly before the Lord. It is so interesting that he says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. Meaning, his first ministry, he says, is going to be within his house. His, the f- place where he is going to demonstrate that integrity is not outside there in his kingdom first, but first it is going to be in the house. The family life of a person becomes extremely important when he considers being faithful to the calling that he has received, whether it be in church or whether it be in the secular world. Because in the family, a person is tested regarding his integrity. And there, if he is successful, he has a greater chance of being successful in the outside world as well. In verse 2, we also see the tender heart of David towards God, where he says, Oh, when will you come to me, O God? And that is in clear reference to the fact that while David had established his throne in Jerusalem, his intense desire was there in his heart to bring the ark of the Lord back to the sanctuary so that the Lord's throne may be near to his throne. And that is reflected in this verse. How important it is for us to know the presence of God and to have the presence and the approval and favor of God as we go about doing his will and purpose. The word of God does remind us, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the rest shall be added to you. In verses 3 to 8, we see that David, after having set his heart right with the Lord, he now goes about looking with his eyes in order to find out that which is pleasing in God's eyes and that which is not pleasing in God's eyes. In verse 3, he says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. The first meaning of that is that he will not behold any vile thing, meaning he will not go after the lust of his eyes. But also the second meaning there is that he will not go after worthless goals and idolatrous means in order to accomplish any of his goals. Secondly, the psalmist says in verse 3, I hate the work of all those who fall away, it shall not cling to me. Meaning there are the people who are faithless, there are the people who are apostate and there are people who have abandoned the way of the Lord and they have chosen their own way and the way of the world. But David's eyes are not going to be on those people who have left the way of the Lord but rather his eyes are going to be on the ones who are faithful. That's why he says in verse 6, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. David has decided in his heart that he wants nothing to do with the people who have abandoned the way of the Lord. As a king, one of the things that he did was to surround himself with the people who were in love with the Lord and who were faithful to his covenant. And that was almost like an insurance that he had against uh, the treachery and the problems that may come to the kingdom at a later point of time. In verse 4 he says, A perverse heart shall be far from me and I will know nothing of evil. And a perverse heart means it is a heart that is twisted. It is a heart that continuously does not conform to the will of the Lord. And a twisted heart produces a deceitful tongue as well. A perverted heart also continues to produce perverted judgment and justice and always tries to seek his own. In verse 5, David says, Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. What a sharp contrast it is with the people who had surrounded King Saul. Because Saul surrounded himself with the people who will be gossipers and who will convey the news about David and any of the other opponents of Saul during his reign. Along with the gossipers and the slanderers, David says, I will not endure those who have a haughty look and an arrogant heart. These arrogant and haughty people were filled with their own self-importance and uh, they were an 
abomination to David, who himself was the sweet psalmist of Israel, and he had a humble heart and a heart that was lowly in the Lord's presence. In verse 6, David, after filtering out all the bad qualities and the people with those bad qualities in verses 3 to 5, he says in verse 6, I will look with favor on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. After having eliminated the people with unsavory characters and unrighteous spirits, David now focuses on those people who are faithful in the land. How important it is for us to cultivate the habit of faithfulness, not just to the Lord, but also to the others in practical situations in our life. He wanted the people who were associated with him to be undefiled by sin. Their walk should be blameless and they should treat people with fairness. And he knew that no king could build an enduring kingdom on the basis of falsehoods, on the basis of deception, on the basis of satanic deceptions and unrighteous works. And we see there the heart of David that really wanted the kingdom of God to reign there in Israel while he was king. In verse 6, we see that David wanted the people who were his ministers and people who were his servants and the people who were his associates to be the ones who are blameless. In verse 7, he says, No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. In all these, we understand that heart of David which wanted a really righteous and just kingdom to, to be established in the nation of Israel while he was the king over Israel. In verse 8 he says, Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. That verse indicates to us that it's not a one-time activity of removing the evil from the presence of the king, but rather a regular activity that has to happen occasionally and frequently. He says, Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land. If you look at it, and if I spiritualize on this for some time, that means that we have to inspect our own hearts to see if there is an unrighteous thought in us. We have to allow the Lord to shine his light on our hearts to see if there is a thought that should be destroyed off from our heart. David did it at a very practical level in his kingdom. We are also called to do it at a personal level in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our families, in our workplaces, wherever we see these kind of unsavory characters, unsavory traits and uh, bad natures that are revealed either in us or in others that we are associated with. We have to gradually work with the help of the Lord to remove all those things from our presence. Spiritual maturity, as we all know, does not come in a single day. We have to constantly work at it with the help of the Lord by crucifying our flesh and we need to make sure that we are on the Lord's side and continually working towards that goal that he has set before us. When we go back to the life of David, in spite of all these good intentions that he had, his purposeful nature that he had in trying to practice all these good things in his life, in his ministry and in his kingdom, in spite of all this, we see his life was characterized by multiple failures. Yes, indeed, he was successful to a great extent in practicing many of these things. And uh, the Lord talks about David as one of the prime good examples of a king that reigned in the realm of Israel. However, there were personal failures in his life as well. Like any of us, he had his weaknesses and failings. But in spite of that, in spite of that, through his failings also, in 
the times of his trouble, in the times that he had failed and gone away from God as well, he came back to the Lord, he sought to honor God and he continued to try and strive to be a good leader, a good king, a righteous person in Israel. And one of the lessons that we learn from his life is to practice going to God honestly, getting clean before him, confessing our sins before him and being cleansed by his blood so that once again we can be restored into the presence of God. God's grace is new every morning and his faithfulness is great towards us. As we trust him, as we rely on him, as we cleanse the things in our heart and life, when we are filled with these good intentions, I honestly believe that the Lord will accomplish his purpose in our lives and it is going to be for our good. My prayer is that the Lord will give us a heart of integrity before him, a heart that is undivided in his presence and a heart that desires to be with him and to please him always. May the Lord help us to remove the evil things and the bad things from our lives, from our hearts and to adopt, accept and embrace the good things that he has chosen for us and to stay in his presence forever. May the Lord continue to bless us and help us through the meditation of these scriptures.